Well, good morning. Who's having a good time so far this morning? All right, excellent. We got one, one hand back there. Okay, good. Excellent. <laughs> All right. Um, for those of you who don't know yet who I am, um, my name's Andrew, and uh, I'm one of the pastors here on staff. Uh, Pastor Allen's away, so what we're going to be doing is continuing on our series on Cross Church Goes to Israel. Who's excited about this series so far? All right, good. Excellent. You might have noticed there's a kiosk in the back, uh, right in the atrium. Um, it says, sign up to go to Israel. Has anyone noticed that yet? Good. After this series, what we're going to be doing is we're going to actually allow a, allow a group of people um, to sign up to go to Israel, and we're actually going to be um, traveling out to, to actually visit, physically visit some of these uh, areas that we're, we're talking about within the series. And so through this cross, chur- uh, cross Church Goes to Israel series, what we're doing is we're centering in on certain locations inside of Israel, and we're talking about some of the great things that God has done inside of Israel, inside of his holy nation. And this morning, um, if you're visiting with us, by the way, um, today is an excellent week. I'm so glad that you're here with us. Uh, today is an excellent week to, to join us. Um, you picked a, a great Sunday, let me tell you. <laughs> and, and it's not just because I'm speaking, really. <laughs> um, all right. So this morning, uh, we're going to go straight to the land of Jericho. Uh, but before we do, uh, I want to share with you a, a quick story about a father who's spending time with his son. A father and son, they were, um, they were spending some time together doing a little bit of yard work inside, inside of their yard. And, well, obviously it was inside of their yard if they're doing yard work. Yeah. But anyway, they're doing some yard work, and uh, the father was actually going to be mowing the lawn. And he noticed that there was a big boulder that was in the way of, of his mowing. And so what he did is he talked to his son, and he said, 10-year-old son, he said, would you be able to possibly move this, this boulder so that I could, I could bow the lawn? And the son was actually uh, kind of happy to do that and was actually very excited to be able to do something that his father asked him to do. And uh, so he got up, and he went towards the, the boulder that was, that was sitting in, uh, in the yard, and uh, he noticed he was eyeing it up a little bit, and he noticed it was uh, kind of big. But nonetheless, what, what he did is he went down, crouched down, and uh, he gave it one try. So he, he tried picking it up. Uh, it, it didn't budge. So it was a little, bit, a little bit heavier than he had thought. Anyway, he noticed his dad was looking at him, so he thought, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show him that I can get this done. Maybe, maybe I just had the wrong angle here. So he looks at that boulder. He kind of shifts his feet around, and he tries it one more time. No, no, it didn't budge. No. So he tries a, a third time because he noticed his, his dad's still watching and he wants to show his dad that he's able to do what, what he was asked to do. And so he rolls up his sleeves and he said to himself, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it all that I got. And so what he did is he took both hands and he, he grabbed, the, he, he grabbed the, uh, the boulder and he, he actually used his legs and his back this time. And he gave it everything that he had within him. He just gave it all. And it budged about an inch. 
And his father saw him struggling, and, he's, and um, his son had to, had to give it up, call it, call it quits, and say, you know what, Dad, I wasn't able to do it. I wasn't able to, to move this boulder for you. So his dad steps forward, and with ease, he comes down, reaches it with one arm, picks it up, and tosses it outside of the yard. And obviously, the, the son, after seeing that, was uh, a little bit uh, dis- depressed, a little bit uh, dis- dis- discouraged, that he wasn't able to do what, he, what uh, his dad had asked him to do. And so his father noticed that he was a little bit depressed and asked him, uh, uh, what's wrong, what's the problem? And his son kind of explains it to him. And his father says, well, let me ask you a question. The first time that you tried to move the boulder, were you giving it all the energy that you had? His son said, well, actually the first time, I, uh, I, was, I, thought it, I didn't think it was all that big, so I, I just, no, I wasn't using all my energy. His father asked him, what about the second time? Did, did you use all your energy the second time? And the son said, well... I tried a different angle, but uh, I, I didn't use all my energy, no. And his father says, uh, what about the third time? Did you use up all your energy then? Did you use up all the power that you had within you? And the son said, well, yeah, d- definitely. Like, I, I almost broke my back doing that. It, it budged an inch, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I put all my energy into that last move. And his father says, are you sure? Are you sure you used all your energy to move that boulder? And his son said, well, yeah, of course, yeah. And his, his father said, no, you didn't. I was with you the whole time, and I was available to you. And you haven't used any of my strength." So this morning, we have, we have something called big boulders in our lives. We have huge things that we know that we have to deal with, things that we have to respond to. We know that in some cases, they're, they're larger than anything that we could deal with on our own. And in some situations, we know that we need to depend on God in order to actually get, get through that boulder, to move that boulder and to, 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 to make any difference with it. We need to actually depend on God's strength. Now, uh, for some of you there, you're, you're dealing with something really huge in your life. Something that you know that you, you need God's help with. And it's something that's creating a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress, a lot of maybe even disparity. Just the other day, I was on my Facebook account. I, I rarely go on Facebook, honestly. I don't 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 go on there too often. And uh, um, I got this this message from uh, one of my friends. He's saying, "I, I want prayer. I'm right now. I'm, I'm really struggling." Just a couple seconds later, I get another message. Another friend. I need prayer. I'm also struggling. One person said he was struggling with with uh, pornography, and he he really needed prayer. The next guy said, I'm, I'm, I'm really struggling right now. I, I need your help because I'm feeling really alone. My, my grandparents are away. I'm, I'm alone. I need prayer. And the other one said, I've, uh, well, there was three people actually all messaging me, me at once saying, I need prayer. 
And um, she says, um, I'm, I've been trying to do this ministry uh, event, and uh, I, I really need an extra hand. Like, I, I can't do this on my own. I feel like everything is crumbling before me. Now, I don't know about you this, this morning. Uh, it might be uh, marriage problems. It might be work-related uh, problems, uh, financial difficulties, uh, maybe addictions or even family issues. But whatever it is, you know that there is something in your life that you cannot move with your own strength. You need to depend on the power of God. Now, i got to mention here, uh, in the midst of, of all these big things that you need to, to deal with, I want to ask you this question. Do you know that God is with you? Now, many of you say yes, of course. Yeah, of course we know that God's, God's with me. Okay, it's, it's, it's very simple, and it, it seems very obvious, uh, but every one of us at times actually forgets this essential and important truth. And it's almost like we become, we become blind to the fact that God is actually present with us. I mean, there's, there's pictures of, uh, I can picture a, a time where, where I've been praying to God on my hands and knees, praying that God would actually intervene, do something about it. And I kept praying and praying and praying. And I didn't, I failed to recognize that God was in the room right there with me and that he was ready to respond. And in my, in my fear, in my desperation, I thought that I need to, needed to just keep praying and keep, keep asking God, but he was actually right there with me. I want to ask you do, you, do you truly believe that he's with you? Do you truly believe that he's actually with you? I mean, I've, I've heard it said one time that uh, behavior is a better indication of what you believe than your words are. Behavior is a better indication of what you believe than your words are. I mean, it's, it's very simple to say, yeah, I know that God is with me. I know that. But behavior tells you another story. I know there's, there's times when, when you're all alone and you think no one's watching. Let me ask you, do, do you really believe that God's with you? In the times where you're in a conflict and you're, and you're, you're in a deep de- debate with one of your family members and you say something that slips, do you really believe that God is with you? Do you know that? I would say that if you knew that God was with you, your behavior might be a bit different. How many know what I'm talking about? Oh, I guess the water does. How many know what I'm talking about? So sometimes behavior is a bigger indication of what we believe. And so this morning, I want to, I want to ask you, oh, we, would you open your eyes this morning? Open your eyes and see that God is with you. Now today, we're, we're looking at, uh, at the life of Joshua. Um, Joshua was a young man, and he himself had to open up his eyes to see that God was, was with him. He needed to face a very significant battle in his life. A battle that was actually the most significant battle that he would ever face. And not only that, but it was actually one of the most significant battles that the entire nation of Israel would ever face. It's a little bit of pressure. 
And all this weight was on Joshua. Now, before I go on a little bit with Joshua, I just want to back it up just a couple dec- decades just to give you a little background information of, of what's happening with Joshua at this point. For years, God had a chosen people, Israel, and they were actually stuck in slavery for years and years and years. They were oppressed. They were stripped of their dignity, of their rights, and they were calling out to God. Out of compassion, God actually stepped forward and he did something about it. He called his servant Moses to go out and to rescue his people from, from this nation, from this oppression, from, from Egypt. So Moses was his ambassador, his leader, and he was called and went into, into the, to Egypt to rescue his people. And God showed himself in a mighty way. He showed himself through miraculous signs and uh, he, he actually did free the people from Egypt. But God didn't want to, want to finish it there. He actually wanted to go a step further. He had a promised land that he wanted to take his children, his chosen people. And so the thing was, God was ready to take them into the promised land. But the people, on the other hand, the nation of Israel, they weren't quite ready. They failed to recognize Despite all this mirac- these miraculous signs and despite the fact that God led them out of Egypt, uh, they failed to recognize that God was actually with them. They for- forget- forgot to actually acknowledge that. And so when they had refused to acknowledge that, what God had done is said, all right, okay, we're not going to take you into the land, uh, this promised land at the moment. We're going to allow you to wander just for a few years. Actually, for a lot of years, about 40 years. <laughs> 40 years of wandering. I mean, uh, how often, uh, I mean, this week, how many people did a little bit of wandering? All right. You know, you walk into a room, you forget where, where you're, what you're there for, and then you have to go figure out and kind of regroup and look at your calendar and figure out what you're supposed to be doing that day. We do a little bit of wandering throughout our day, but this is 40 years of wandering. All right. They were not acknowledging God's presence inside, inside of their lives. Okay. And so what happened is God chose, rose up this uh, successor to Moses, uh, uh, Joshua. And Joshua was actually going to be the one to actually bring them into the, the promised land. And so Joshua was, was, was actually successful in a lot of ways. He showed in his heart that he believed that God could do anything. He believed that if you're strong and courageous, God will show up. If you're, if you're living according to what he has, has planned for you to live, he will show up. And so Joshua, the successor, comes, and he's, he's ready. He's ready to take the people into the promised land. And uh, he had a lot of success in the past. He, he had success with, um, with battles that he was leading. And he also was able to cross the Jordan River very similar to what Moses had done with the Red Sea. So people understood that God was with this leader, Joshua. So Joshua, this man, who had proved himself uh, to the people, was now in preparation, to, in preparation to bring the Israelites into the promised land. But there was one thing in the way, and that was Jericho. He had to get through Jericho to get the Israelites, into the promised land. So the scripture passage uh, this morning takes us to the land, 
just, just to the outskirts of Jericho. So let's read that, that passage together. Joshua 5, 13, 15. Now, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up. Hey, why don't we all say it together, shall we? All right. When Joshua was near the town of Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a sword in hand. Joshua went up to him and demanded, Are you a friend or foe? One, he replied, I am the commander of the army. Take off your sandals, he says. The place where you're standing is holy. Uh, in this moment, we see that, uh, that Joshua was able to get a sight of, of the glory of God. He noticed that in the midst of his battle, a God showed up, and he was able to see that God was present. Now, Joshua was near Jericho. He was, what he was doing is he was surveying the land, and he was likely just scouting it out just to make sure that uh, all the plan that he had had to make the attack was going to work out. And Joshua, he had experience with battles before. He knew, he had a basic idea of what, what he needed to do. And so he's, he's walking out in the outskirts of the city, and then he notices something. There's, okay, when, when you're scouting out and you're, you're close to the enemy territory, he notices that there's a soldier with an exposed sword looking at him. And um, I don't know about you, but I, I would have two options at that point. I uh, would either run or I would um, possibly pray. <laughs> and so I, uh, Joshua did neither of those. He actually walked up to the guy and um, he says uh, this very important question. He says... Uh, help me out here, sir. Um, okay, I, you don't look familiar. Um, am I supposed to be killing you? No, he doesn't exactly say that. He says, are you a foe? Are you the enemy? Or are you on our side? A very, very important quest question, wouldn't you say? especially with a, a guy with a, a sword drawn, fully drawn. And so he says, um, here's his response. I'm neither. But as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. See, right here, Joshua at that moment realizes that this battle that he was facing with Israel against Jericho, wasn't just his battle. He realized that he wasn't alone, that God was with him. He saw that. And so at that moment, he fell face down in reverence to God's power. And he recognized that God was actually there with him. 
And now uh, this morning, I know that we, we all go through some, some very difficult times. There are struggles that we go through that are almost impossible. And I know that uh, this, this wall, the, the wall of Jericho, many scholars believed that with Israel's strength alone, it was almost humanly impossible to get through that wall. And so, God had to show up. It was an impossibility for them to do it on their own. Now, this morning we have our own walls that we need to break down. We have our own strongholds that we need to, need to get rid of and face. But in the moment where you feel a little bit of disparity, where you feel like you can't get it done, I have some good news. There's power available to you. Amen? The commander of the army of the Lord wants to intervene. God himself is waiting and ready to respond to you, to your prayers. Some people don't realize this, but God actually wants you to be victorious. He wants you to overcome your struggles. He wants you to be redeemed. He wants you to be able to get past the things that you're dealing with. He wants to show himself as God in your life. He does. He wants to break down the walls of Jericho inside of your life. It's just like this, this young, young son trying to carry this boulder and trying to do it all alone, all by himself. And he didn't realize his dad was standing there because he wanted to help. He was ready to respond. He was ready to help move that boulder. Our Heavenly Father this morning is ready to respond to your prayers. He's ready. You need to know this morning that you aren't alone. Open your eyes this morning. You aren't alone. So this morning, we, hear, we, we see here that uh, the angel reveals his identity. But how many people believe that, uh, that these angels exist even today? How many know that? Here's the thing. God didn't say at all to, to, to put your attention and your focus on angels. That's why we don't come, come here Sunday morning and, and preach about angels. But over 300 times in the Bible, it mentions that God's angels intervene. They come into human contact and they do something. They, they perform God's power and his, it shows that God's power is at work. And this morning, I want you to know that in this room this morning, there are angels with us. The commander of the army of the Lord is ready to respond to your situation this morning. But remember, it's not about the angel. It's not about focusing on the angel. And Paul warns us, don't you dare fall down and worship these angels. Don't, don't, don't focus so much on the details of these because they're simply messengers. They're simply carrying out the will of God, sent to glorify God. You and I, we need to know that, that we're not here to worship the angels, but, but we can learn from them and to know that just as they are here to carry out the will of God, so we also need to carry out his will as well. So this morning, are you aware that God is with you? Now, uh, when Joshua had realized this, 
what had happened is he fell to the ground. He fell to the ground, and what, what was it that he said? What is it? What did he say? He said, what is it that you want my ser- your servant to do? This morning, if, if you fully understand and recognize that God is with you, you better realize that your life should be lived in reverent fear. God is with you. You need to know that God is with you everywhere that you go and all that you do. And the struggles that you're facing, they're so small in comparison to what God has the power to overcome. Holiness is what he learned. Joshua fell to the ground in reverence. He understood that he was in the presence of holiness. If God is with us, then everywhere we go is holy ground. Holiness simply means this. It means set apart to do God's will. Set apart to carry out God's purposes. To overcome Jericho, Joshua realized that he had to pursue holiness. Without pursuing holiness, he would not have been able to overcome Jericho. You and I have to understand that we have to pursue holiness in everything that we do. All the areas of our lives the small ones, the large ones, in every single detail that we have in our lives. We need to pursue holiness. Holiness means that we have to have a consistent posture of obedience to God, consistently looking to him and and, and doing what he says. Hebrews 12, 14 says, Without holiness, no one will see God. Proverbs 3, 6 says this, In all your ways submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Holiness keeps you from wandering. And that, that's really what the problem was with, with the Israelites. They were stuck in Egypt for such a long time. They got out of Egypt. But they didn't recognize that God was with them. So what happened is they had no holiness. So God did not give them direction. And he allowed them to wander. Now, in your life this morning, I want to ask you, are you wandering? Are you just going from place to place? seeing where, where you think you need to go? Or do you realize that God is with you and he wants you to have holiness and he wants to direct you into a straight line to where he wants you to go? Do you know that this morning? How many people know that if you're going in two directions, you're not going anywhere? You can't be going in two direct directions at once. Now, some, some of you smart people are going to say, well, you, technically you could go north and east at the same time. And I, that's technically northeast. No, no, no. You're, you're still going northeast. That's one direction. You can't go in several directions at once. God has a specific direction for your life, holiness. When you pursue holiness, all else will come, everything else will come together, and you'll be able to go to the path where he wants you to go you'll be able to experience deliverance. So what happens here? Joshua is ready to actually receive instruction from God. What do you say? He says, what message do you have for me? What message, God, do you have for me? Joshua was, already had a plan, okay? He was already ready to, to, to knock down these, these walls or figure out a way to do it. He was a commander already. 
So he, he had an idea of what he was going to be doing. When the angel showed up, this holy angel from God, he realized that anything that he had planned is worthless in comparison to what God had in store. So what was he? He was moldable. He was ready to give up his plans and ask God, what is it that you want your servant to do? He gave up his plans. And he said, I'm listening. What do you want from me? Some people say that um, God actually speaks to you more than you realize. And when I was in college, I, I was just, just after a prayer meeting, I got into a conversation with a few of my classmates. One of the, my classmates had said, um, you know, I, um, I believe that God just spoke to me. I, I don't know whether or not he did or not, but I believe that God spoke to me. And then I heard another classmate respond to that. And he was actually a little bit upset. And he says, don't you realize that God speaks to you all the time? You just have to be listening. He's not just, of course he's speaking to you. You shouldn't be wondering whether or not he's speaking to you. He speaks to you all the time. You just have to be tuned in and ready to listen. He is speaking to you. And he's speaking to you this morning. It's very similar to a TV antenna. Do you, does anyone remember those old, old-fashioned TV antennas? I remember trying to set one up once at a friend's house. And the only way to get that, that blessed thing to work <laughs> was for me to physically have my hand on top of it at all times. <laughs> so I would stand there with my hand on this TV antenna and waiting as... My friends watched television. <laughs> There's signals being sent all the time to these uh, TV antennas, signals being sent, but you needed a device to actually pick it up. God is constantly speaking to you. You need to be tuning in and ready to listen. Do you realize this morning that God's with you? Do you realize this morning that God's speaking to you? You need to tune in. Be ready to listen. You know what? Um, Joshua, like I said, he realized that he had to listen. He, ha- he realized he had to be moldable. And he realized that he had to accept the instructions that he had given him. Just after this verse that we had read, the angel actually goes into a little bit of detail as to what he's going to have to do. I didn't mention that yet. The angel had said, scrap your game plan, whatever it was that you were planning. The Bible doesn't say what what, what it was that he was planning. Scrap that. Here's what I want you to do. Rather than going out and trying to to break down that wall, here's here's what you're going to do. This is a better plan for you. I want you to take all your soldiers, all of your your priests, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to just take a a quick stroll around the, the city every morning. There you go. Joshua probably thought that was completely ridiculous, but we found out a couple days later, seventh day, it it worked. (laughs) They took a stroll every morning around the city, and then at the very end, seventh day, they gave a war cry, and miraculously, the, the wall just came crumbling down. 
It just all came crumbling down. And it happened by the power of God. It happened because Joshua let go of his own plans, his own things that he had planned inside of his life. He let it go. He let go of his desires. And what he did is he grasped, he took hold of the instruction of God. This morning, you need to know that you have to let go of your selfishness. You have to let go of the things that cause you to stumble. You need to grasp, take a hold of the things that will bring you back to God. God's with you this morning. Are your eyes open? When Joshua encounters this holy angel, we see he, he understood what he needed to do. He understood the in, intentions of God a little bit later. For the longest time, we, we can only see the walls of Jericho. For the longest time, that's all we can see. Just the problem, this big boulder that we can't move. This big problem that we can't get rid of. And then what happens is God shows up and he shows that he is able to do something. But in order to do that, you have to follow his ridiculous instructions. And how many people know that sometimes his instructions appear to be a little bit ridiculous? I mean, um, for example, God says that if uh, someone smacks you on your right cheek... Uh, you're, you, to, to resolve the issue, you're not supposed to smack them back, although, you know, human fleshly desires would absolutely advocate for that. No, he says, turn the other cheek. Well, how, how's that going to solve anything? If you turn the other cheek, follow it. And those of you who, who have followed that, uh, that principle know that when you follow God's instructions, no matter how ridiculous it seems, things work out. And you find out that God is with you when you follow those instructions, when you follow his instructions. God's intentions this morning is to lead you outside of the place where you're, where you're at. This big problem, this difficulty that you feel stuck in right now, he wants to get you out of that. This morning, he wants you to know that his intentions are for you to be free. Just like the Israelites, when they were stuck in captivity, God's desire was to, to get them out of captivity and into the promised land. This morning, he has that same desire for you. He wants to get you out of captivity. This morning, some of you are realizing that you're in captivity. You've called yourself a man and woman of God for a long time, but you know in your heart, in your life, that you're actually in captivity. You're not fully surrendered to God. The only way for you to get out of that is to listen to his ridiculous instructions. You'll be able to get out of that, and you'll be able to see that God indeed is right with you. You'll be able to, to do certain things that you weren't able to do, do before. Turn the other cheek. Bless those who curse you. Love your enemies. Pray for, pray for those who persecute you. And humble yourself to become, to become great. 
put to death your desires so that you can live. I'm telling you, if you learn, if you learn and you can open your eyes and see that God is right with you, you will learn that you can live in reverent fear of God and know that he's, the loving Father is right beside you and he, what he wants to do is give you all that you need, all the instructions you need, all the power you need to get done what you need to get done. Can you believe this morning? He's willing to send the commander of the army of the Lord to intervene on your behalf. Whatever struggle you're going through right now, the big boulder that you're trying to move, God's ready and he's willing to step in and to allow you to be fully delivered and set free. This morning, I want to invite the, uh, the Costa Rica team up, but uh, before we do that, I want to ask uh, Shauna to, to please come forward. And um, Shauna is going to be leading us in, in, a, in a quick song. But as we're singing this song, I, I really want you to prayerfully consider this very profound truth that God himself is with you. He's with you not just now, not just on Sunday mornings, but he's with you every moment of your life, and he's with you in the times where you feel like you need to give up and you think it's hopeless. God is with you, and God wants to intervene, and he's ready to send his angels to see you through. Amen? This morning, why don't we ask the uh, Costa Rica team just to come forward as we sing this song. This morning, I'm, I was going to ask, maybe if the Costa Rica team this morning could just face me for, for a qu- brief moment. And I'm just going to quickly lead, lead the Costa Rica team in prayer. And I'd like to ask all the board members, if you could come up and join us right up here as well. We're going to, this is actually the final week 
the final Sunday where the Costa Rica team is, is going to be here before they head off to go to Costa Rica. And um, God has been doing a great work inside of everyone's life up here on stage. And we've seen it firsthand, all the, all the great things that God has been doing. And right now, we need encouragement from the congregation. We need, we need all, to all come together in prayer this morning. And we need to pray that God would show himself to each member as they go on this trip. That, that his presence would be very evident. That each one could, could leave and know that God is with them. Amen? So this morning, before I, I lead you all in prayer, I just want to give you these, these three warnings. The one thing is this. Right now, you're constantly in battle. And right now, God is wanting you to know that you need to stay focused on, on what, you need to, what you need to stay focused on. Satan will do anything at this moment to tear you apart, to break apart the team, to break apart your unity, and to cause you to think negatively, to bring everyone, everyone down. You need to come against that. You need to know that you need to fight against this. The commander of the army of the Lord is going to help you overcome that. Amen. You need to be moldable. Understand that when you're out on the missions field, that you are going to change. Don't resist that. God is going to change you. He's going to change the way you think He's going to change the way that, uh, that you operate. Be ready to be mold, molded. He wants to do a great work of, of holiness inside of your life. The last thing is be self, selfless. Less of yourself, more of God. You need to understand that this whole trip is not about you. It's not about going, going out to a trip and, and experiencing something great. It's not even about that. Right now, you're a part of a, something that's greater than yourself. You're part of the kingdom of God. And right now, as you stand here, you're representatives of his holy kingdom. And God is sending you out, and he's going he's gonna to be calling you to be his ambassadors. So when you're out there, you're representatives of the church, but you're also representatives of God's holy nation. Amen? So why don't we pray for the Costa Rica team this morning. Uh, I'd just like to ask if you could pray where you're, where you're seated, and even if you want to extend your arm forward as we, as we pray this morning for the Costa Rica team. Father God, this morning, we want to thank you for everyone standing here. We thank you for the calling that you have on each of their lives. Thank you for the work that you're doing inside of them, Lord. Thank you that you have shown yourself to them, Father. I think of all the, the different stories, Lord, of, of, of occurrences where people have found out, yes, God is with me. And I could think of right, right offhand, there, there are members here. They were struggling for the longest time, wondering whether or not your provisions would pull through. And then at the last minute, they realized that they weren't alone, that you were with them. You provided every need. And God, this morning, we pray that that faith, that that hope, that understanding that you are with them would continue as they go out onto the missions field, Father. And we pray, Lord, a blessing on each one going, Father. I pray that you would do a work inside of their lives, 
But I pray also as well that you would, be, you would use them as extensions of your hands, doing the great work of your kingdom, Lord, doing things that only you can do, Father. We know that, Lord, when, we, when they come back, they're going to have all sorts of stories of, of miracles that have happened, of different, of different things where you have showed yourself. And God, right now we expect that and we wait for that. And we know, Father, that as they go out and they do your will, we know that you are present. And this morning I pray that for each one, you open their eyes. Open their eyes this morning that they would see that you are with them. So right now, Father, I pray, God, that Lord, as we close this service, Lord, I pray that each one here, Lord, would know the deep calling that you have on their life and that they would respond, that they would do exactly what you have instructed them to do, that they would pursue holiness and be ready to do your will, Father. Why don't we sing that together this morning? We're standing on holy ground. encouraged this morning. Why don't you look to your neighbor as, as, as we take off from here? Why don't you look to your neighbor and tell them, open your eyes. God is with you.